Welcome to Energy Crew Podcast. I'm your host, J.P. Warren, and I'm sitting here with another uh, over 6'5 fella. Well, I'm not over 6'5, but anyway, he is. I'm sitting here with old Kevin Burns. And Kevin, you're over at... Give me your like what what you do right now like before, before we get kicked off with the conversation. So I'm with a company called Tops LLC. Okay, we do electric drive compression to help get away from natural gas engines and oil field. Okay, and pull power from the grid um, to help reduce obviously your emissions. And, Look at this ESG. And we're already starting improve off efficiencies ESG. and runtime. You know, so efficiencies ESG. I love it. I love uh, all this stuff. Wait, so let's get a little background about yourself. So you. I just found this out. You just moved to Houston during the shutdown, pretty much, right? Just and before, yes. Just before the shutdown. So you move here to start growing your network, to start building relationships, and start kind of getting out there, right? Yep. Tell me about that. So it's kind of weird. So I came came out here with kind of a startup, a new company called Black Buck Resources. Okay. And um, my wife never lived anywhere else. She grew up in Midland her entire life. So is this after college? Yes. So you went to tech? Yes. Okay. Yes, and I actually went back to school while we were in, in Midland. Okay. Um, I actually got my petroleum engineering degree while we were in Midland while I was working for an oil and gas company. So did you graduate with petroleum engineer? Not at tech, at UTPB. I was a part of the first petroleum engineering class out of UTPB. Really? Yes. Okay. And um, anyways, I worked for some operators out there, some private equity water guys. I came out here for kind of a, a startup or a transition or transition from a technology to an asset, um, water asset company. Okay. And um, part of that process was putting in SWD infrastructure. Um, and then obviously COVID hit. And so, you know, we just, my wife and I just never had a really good chance to kind of just build our network. Was that weird for you? Like you, you was it a chance for you to hop on board to a startup? Yeah, that was kind of fun. Cause I got to create my own world, right? It was, it's even for an engineer, it's fun to kind of create my own world and kind of, I'm going to, Back, lack of better terminology, make my own rules. In the yeah, no, I, no, dude, you I know? get that. I you, get that. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Engineering principles, all that still 100%. You know, I still abide by, you know, getting good data, all that kind of stuff. Of course. But at the end of the day, to me, I'm a results-driven kind of guy. Okay. Um, where a lot of these other companies, these bigger companies already have processes in place, the way they like to do things. It doesn't always work for me. And I get it. Some guys prefer that. Some guys don't. For me, I loved creating my own world and kind of just... Kevin, just go get the work done. So is this the smallest uh, a company you've been a part of? Yes. So you've been in the workforce since 2002, 2003. Yes. And so and so I kind of took a similar path. So I started at a, a big company, then went to a larger company, smaller, smaller, smaller. And actually, two days ago, I kind of started my own thing. Yeah? Yeah, I did, dude. What you doing now? So I think uh, there's, I feel like there's a need right now. And obviously I'm not plugging, like I, pretty much I'll give you the short thing. This is not a podcast about me, it's about you, but pretty much there's a need right now for people mm -hmm. to get to connect with people. Yep. You know, there's a need right now for people to actually um, be in an environment to have like the opportunity to create, you know, genuine relationships. I'm yep. really good at pulling people together. And also there's a need right now to stand out from the noise. So how do you build your brand in this world of noise and, 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 and just all this constant overflood of information? So right. that's kind of a... I started thinking about it and um, I'm like, man, I really enjoy that. Like I yeah. love the people in the industry. I love the pro like promoting uh, brands and kind of, you know, uh, getting people to learn about new brands and all that stuff. So yeah. I'm like, you know, my wife and I were talking we're like, let's just do it. Yeah. So um, still kind of in the uh, infancy stage, like yeah. haven't learned to walk yet, but uh, I'm excited, man. And I've never thought of myself as someone like to do this on my own right. ever, but here I am. Yeah. And I don't know how it's going to work out, but I think I'm excited, man. 
No, that, I, you're right. I, value added relationships are very important right now. I think as a society in our industry, we've gotten really bad about blowing and going with people, yes. just hanging out very surfacy. And I'll admit I'm one of those guys. Cause I'm I, like being the engineer minded, being the kind of guy I am relationships aren't necessarily my strength right. na- naturally. Right. I'm working on it. My wife, she's great at that. She loves the personal inner relationship type stuff. She rather do one-on-one time with someone than just being a big group of that's, studying. So that's interesting like that. though. You so. went, you went from the engineer side of the yeah. table on, on the operator yeah. side of the table to actually a kind of a, a startup in a business development role, correct? Well, so the startup was op- still operations. It's when I moved to tops after being yes. laid off due to COVID that I moved into a business development role. So for someone so. that doesn't uh, look, I'm not saying, yeah. look, obviously you like making relationships. Otherwise right. you and I would have, you know, shot the shit for that long. And, right. uh, First off, on so I met you through LinkedIn pretty much, right? right? Let yep. me let me tell the origin of our story. Yeah. <laughs> I met you through LinkedIn, and you you know you're very active on it because um, I dig that. You know, I think you move here, and it's a tough thing to meet people. So the fact that you're actually getting out there and putting yourself on LinkedIn that's how that's how I met. I feel like a bunch of people on LinkedIn. Yep. You know, you were commenting, then you know, the bourbon posts, and you were talking about that. Then you're like, let's do this, let's do this, and like for someone that I guess isn't that their cup of tea to create. Um, you know, it's not that you don't like it. It's just um, it might be uncomfortable yes. to start off with. Yes. And now you jump into this business development role in Houston, which to me, my opinion, is probably one of the toughest environments to sell in. I, probably Midland probably is yes. next, you know, competing next to Midland. But so you jump into Houston, COVID hits. So what was your, I guess, um, well, first off, tell me like why you went over to Tops, and then tell me kind of your experience on like building your network stuck at the house in Houston, this big old shark tank. Um, so reason why I went with tops is I used those guys before when I was actually on the operator side, I actually used their compressors before dude. And I knew Brian green and LD green. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of in, similar relationships in the middle area. He, Brian and LD are from the middle area. Actually, they're both born in Kermit, Texas of all places. Okay. And, um, and so they needed help and need someone here. Um, I'm literally the only guy in Houston. Everybody else is back in Midland. And then there's a small yard in Yukon, Oklahoma, but um, and they just said, Hey, we need a sales engineer. We need someone to help. They're growing business is booming. Gas lift is taking off in the oil and gas right. industry. VRUs are taking off with trying to reduce emissions and flares and those sorts of things. And so, um, they're like, Hey, we need a guy with all the mergers and acquisitions going on. There's still a lot of companies in Houston yeah. taking over and the guys are being left behind in Midland. Um, which is funny. We could talk about that later. And, mm-hmm. um, Anyways, and so they've kind of brought me on to kind of help because I understand compression. I understand the kind of oil field in general. I understand downhole. Yeah. And so. Yeah, you're an engineer. Just, yeah. You so, should. Yeah. You well, should. you'd be surprised. Some engineers are surface guys. So, oh, really? Like who? Yeah. You want to throw some names out right now? <laughs> nope. There's some good ones. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, and so it, it's been a transition for me to kind of learn to communicate a certain way versus just be the bulldog that I've been and being like, no, you can't do it this way. No, we can't do it that way. Were you a dick as an operator? Uh, not a dick, but I, I probably wasn't the nicest guy. Really? Um, I mean, some of my vendors no, like no, no, look, I'm yeah. not look, I'm not saying it, it, it describes you as a person, but you know, like I know how I would be as yeah. an operator. You know what I mean? I would have like fun with it. You know, I I, 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 I didn't cuss people out because that that wasn't that's not that's me. not your style. No, while I'm, like interpersonal relationships are I, I struggle with. I'm not the kind of guy that just goes and just blurts out and cusses bark at, at people. Someone, yeah, yeah, bark I'm at someone. Either. I, I'm kind of more like cold, silent, you know, you're mysterious. not going to get, you're not going to, I wish mysterious, kind of more just <laughs> um, kind of hermit-ish almost probably. But um, I, I was very just kind of cold 
and, okay. and, and very silent when dealing with people and I'd ignore them. And, and so you're like, this is a perfect opportunity to get into business development. Yes, exactly. Perfect opportunity. Yeah. And my wife thought it was the most ironic and hilarious thing ever that of all things I'm in business development. Was she, obviously you're not going to say she wasn't supportive, but like, was it like a, you sure you want to do this, honey? Like, was it one of like a conversation like that? Uh, a little bit. Um, but for the most part, she was comfortable with it because she knew who I was getting in bed with essentially. And so she knew the team. She knew the, yeah. she knew the, she knew the group there. She knew, she knew the group there yeah. and, uh, she was comfortable with uh, you going yeah. over there. Yeah. I'll keep talking mm. right now while you sip on that water. But, um, so you moved here, you're mm. in Houston, you're in yeah. Katy now, right? We're just South of Cinco Ranch. You're just South of Cinco Ranch. Yes. Okay. So you're there, you move there and COVID hits and you have this role to do business development. Yeah. Talk to me, man. So this is your first role in business BD. Yes. So it wasn't too bad because we still would go back to Midland every now and then. Okay. Where our business was. <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh, got hey, hey, it's, a, hey, it's, 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 it's okay. <coughs> Tickles and throat happen during the summer. But um, all these storms brought in crap. That was, that's it. That's it's it. the storms. <laughs> it's the storms. But, um, and so they gave me a few accounts, not, not many. And it's kind of some small ones. They already had some stuff going on. And I just started hitting LinkedIn, started messaging people, yeah. started kind of trying to come up with some kind of spiel, some kind of pitch, some kind of something, just saying, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. You know, what was the reception on that? Not great at first. Yeah. It took a long time. Yeah. Um, <coughs> um, I reached out to a few contacts I didn't know already. Okay. To kind of um, like get you comfortable. Get me yeah, comfortable, yeah, yeah. you know, um, which helped, you know, uh, Surprisingly enough, um, some of it went smoother than I expected. Like um, one client I have now, I mean, we're kind of going through an Indian burial ground type project trying to get a unit out right now. Yeah. But um, it, it hit off pretty fast. Like I went in there and visited with them. We're like, okay, yeah, let's start talking about this. Let's do this. Here's the MSA. That's got to feel you know. good, like jumping in a BD role. Like yeah. If you've been an operator or an engineer for so long and suddenly you have success right off the bat like that. That's got to right. feel good. For you and probably the company. Well, especially when you're also out of work for seven months. You're out of work? For seven months between the roles, between Black Buck and between Tops. Is that just because the oil field sucks? Well, it's capital projects, right? I was a capital projects guy. Not oh. a lot of capital work was going on. You know, when you're building facilities or drilling wells, not a lot of capital projects. Was that stress? On. I mean, so you, so a fun fact about you, I originally thought you had seven uh, children. However, I was uh, corrected uh, today. Um, you, how many children do you have? We have nine. You have nine children. Yes. And I can only imagine, first off, we'll get into that in a little bit because <laughs> I definitely want to talk about that. Um, how was that? I mean, as, as a father, I mean, just kind of having, you know, nine children, being out of work for like, so, like how, I mean, how was that? Tough. Really? For me, it was really tough. Um, had a lot of ups and downs um, because, you know, I wanted to take care of my yeah, family and provide yeah. for my family. Um, some days I handled it better than others. Um, uh, other days, not so great. How do you handle stress like that? Um, and just, what do you do? Just to, trying to stay busy for really? me. Me is busyness. It's keeping your head down. Yeah. Keeping my head down, busy, trying to find jobs. Put, I was putting out resumes left and right, talking to people, just networking as best as I can remotely. Um, just do whatever I could, you know, um, grab little pickup jobs here and there. I, I was lucky. I picked up like two small consulting gigs, yeah. nothing huge. Um, just, just it was something know, though. It was something. Yeah. It kept me busy, kept my mind going, which was great, which I needed. Um, my wife was great. She was, she was instrumental in, in a lot of things and just helping me get through a lot of this. Really? Oh yeah. Good. Um, because 
you know, I do. I stress about making sure to take care of the family. It's not just because we have nine kids, but even just in just general. Two, yeah. It doesn't matter if you have one child or just, you know, no, no kids. Yeah. Like it's still stressful. Yeah. And so for me, it's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's my responsibility, you know, that my wife and I decided a long time ago that we're going to allow her to stay home. She wanted to, yeah, and it yeah. was her initiation. And so, you know, kind of put it on me to make sure I'm taking care of business and, and making sure we're taken care of in lots of ways. And, um, which, you know, I do pretty good cause I'm a hard nosed kind of guy, but at the same time, I probably tend to ignore other aspects of my life doing yeah. that. But, um, I'm the same way, man. Like I'll find myself like in so wrapped up into like what I'm doing, you know? And like, next thing you know, it's like, Oh my God, like I've not spent any time with my wife for yep. like four or five days. And I feel like it's one of those things, like you always, you know, you, you know, they're supporting you and all this at the same time as so you got to find balance. Cause at the same yep. time, I, they're supporting you, but yeah, like I found out like, I need to Support allocate them. my more of my time and yep. actually realize why I'm doing this. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No. And so it was good. And then uh, honestly, it was just a blessing and it was a lot of fun getting to start back up working. Cause I like working. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, are ready to leave the oil field when things, this last downturn and just kind of tired of the ups and downs and the stress and the craziness. I actually thrive off that kind of stuff. You know, when we had the freeze here in Texas, yeah, not February that long ago, 14th, yeah. yeah. And like everybody out in here was stressing out and all that kind of, it didn't bother me. I, I, you know, my wife was freaked out about the Power being out for, I think our power was out for like 22 hours, maybe at okay. most. You know, where a lot of people were out for three days yeah. down here. Yeah. You know, but that, it bothered her. Me, whatever. Put me in a sleeping bag next to You're the fireplace. I'm fine. It doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I'll yeah. enjoy that kind of environment, which I think isn't a testimony to being on that drilling and capital project side for our industry, right? You know, whether you're building facilities, drilling wells, um, fracking wells, it, it doesn't matter. Like those guys, I think, are just an intense group of guys. Yeah. You know, and they they enjoy the intensity. When things aren't intense, that's when they're out when they're outside their comfort zone. I feel like, you know, and I'm one of those guys. I think generically. Did you and know so, a lot of cats that left the only gas uh, oh, industry? Yeah, a lot of young guys. Really? Yeah. Um, because I was just trying to keep up with some young guys because I know some of them is their first downturn. Um, my first was back in '14. Um, but um, they um. Uh, they um they left because they're just tired of the ups and downs the the hecticness of either being in midland all the time when their family's here in houston or dallas or whatever maybe yeah. either, which it's just the nature of the beast right you know yeah the money's good but you're working for it yeah you know they don't, yeah you have to earn it there yeah and that's yeah. The th like yeah I, I know several people that have made the transition outside the only gas industry which honestly it's like it's 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 great but it's sad you know yeah. what i mean like there's this huge outflow of people that you yeah. know that either they can't find work in the oil and gas industry and they yeah. and they're forced to go out of the industry yep. or they're just like you're right like man screw this like it's yeah. it's it's a lot of shit dealing with this, you know yeah. and uh and like i'm always curious about that but i think that's so great like I, look i don't think it's great that they leave the industry but i think it's kind of cool because like what better way to get um people in the oil and gas industry to communicate to people not in the oil and gas industry and they may not know much about right. our industry that's to me, that's, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of, in, you know, you're, you're putting out industry advocates at that point. Oh, and we I mean? need to, cause we were really bad at standing in our bubble. Oh, we're oh, so industry, bad at it. You know, yeah, we were in Houston, you were in Oklahoma city, oh. we're in Dallas, but. And we're so good at being like, Oh, how'd you get here? How'd you, it's like, dude, like, yeah, that doesn't do really anything for no, anybody. We, we need to be out there, you know, telling our story, better. talking to people. Yeah. And not, yeah. and not telling them how much you rely on oil and gas, yeah. it's just literally just talking to them. Like, yeah. 
you get to know something like, oh, yeah, I know Kevin. Like, he's in the only gas industry. He's not a big old suit and tie that wants to go out there and dump, you know, crude oil in the backyard and, like, laugh about it. Like, he's yeah. a good guy. He's a family man. Like, yeah. I, it's, that to me, it's just talking to your neighbors. Yeah. You know? Well, talking to your neighbors, being involved in the community, and not just being involved in our bubble, right? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, the oil and gas supports people. Well, are we just supporting within other are oil and gas people? Yeah. Or are we supporting outside our the industry, community. too? And there are some that do. I'm not saying nobody does, right? You see events and stuff being put on to help support local um, ind- uh, local industry, yeah. um, schools, whatever. And so there, there's definitely the involvement. Um, but I think we need to do a better job of showing those things and sharing those things. And, that's the thing. I had a conversation demonstrating last. that. You're, I mean, you're right. Like that's so like on this podcast, like it's, it's, yeah, it's called, you know, energy crew. And I've had several people on, I'm planning to have more people on that kind of like, so I, uh, Nicole Agache yeah. on, you know, Wicked Holdings, you know, it's Justin's, you know, wife and she started her own company to like, you know, provide a safe environment for, you know, abused women, yep. you know, um, I had Brittany uh, Franklin on the CEO for Sky High for yeah. Kids that deals, you know, fighting children with cancer. I'm having someone on that comes talk about, you know, uh, she set up a homeless shower right. uh, for, you know, Houston and all that. So like, I think it's important to like, yeah, like, hey, I thought this was energy pot. Yeah, it is, man. But like, as energy, we're everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's, let's talk, let's showcase some of this stuff, you know? And yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, you have to do that. Yeah. Well, and there's people in our industry that care about things, not just working. I know. Yeah. And, and there's, there's an, there, there was an old guard that did, right? I mean, let's, let's admit it. You and I have been around long enough to see the old guard oh, yeah. that, that they went to work and went home and that was it. Yeah. That was their life. Right. And, but I think there's a change and I, and I think, you see it with the culling of the old guys retiring, moving out, some of the young guys moving on to other industries, yeah. um, and just kind of the younger people taking over and, and and not doing it just because it looks pretty and because they can slap ESG on their website or anything. But Which because, some people do. Well, right. There yeah. are. But there are those that really want to do it and that really care and that really matter to them. I don't think um, you can stay in that in that uh, bubble anymore with the, with the internet, with, with social media, with all that stuff. You really yeah. can't – and with all the – like podcasts that are out there or webinars and all stuff. Yeah. You really can't stay in your bubble anymore. No. That's not yeah. a bad thing. No, no, it's good. And it's great for guys like me because I need to get out of my comfort zone and start doing more things. That That's funny how you don't like that. You're not, I'm not using you don't like, but you're not comfortable building related because like, dude, I've seen your, like, you're so engaging on, on, you know, on all your, you know, what I've seen on, yeah. on your online per- personality. You right. know what I mean? You're very engaging. You're very outgoing. You're, you're talking, you're lifting others up. You know what I mean? So it's like to hear that is, it's so, it's cool though, you know, because yeah. it's like, I didn't know that side of you. Now I do, Yeah, you know? Well, and then I have to make myself do those things, right? My wife has to help me with content sometimes because I've struggled to be like creative when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff and think about what I need. A lot of the pictures I get are from my wife or ideas I get from my wife. Oh, the behind just, the scenes here. Oh yeah. Head. No, she, and she's very, so it's weird. Like for her, she's really good at it and she enjoys the interpersonal side of things, yeah. but she struggles with it because she, she struggles with where she thinks the value comes from, not because she's not good at it. For me, I know where the value is and I understand the benefit of it, but I struggle with it just as a person. What do you, what do you mean the value of it? Go well, on. like the value of it as in like, is she actually bringing value, right? Do, does someone really see value in what she's sharing and what she's bringing to the table, which she does. I mean, a mom of nine does a lot of different things. And, you know, I mean, the fact that she could pack all of us in two suitcases to go to Boston for a week it, including a pack and play in one of those Are you suitcases. kidding me? Yeah. We went to Boston for a week. That's this impressive. Was, yeah. She packed all of That's it. That's an impressive You know what woman. I mean? And she's like, nobody cares about that. It's like, people do care about that stuff. There are more women out there that probably need help with this kind of stuff than you give yourself credit for. And and so, I, and, just, and same thing with me, right? I'm, I'm having to realize that, hey, people need to hear this saying, these sayings. People need to see these sayings. And 
whether I'm comfortable with it or not, I need to just do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just like bucking up and doing your job when you're in oil field, working 20 hours a day out there in the hot sun. You just or do the it. Winter. You just got to do it. And that's the same thing with this role. I got to just buck up and do it because that's my job now. So where are you, where are you finding successes right now? Being the new, the new kid in school, you know, uh, building your network, where are you finding some of the, the, the best, I guess, best bang for your buck? Um, neighbors. Um, just, we live in a great neighborhood. Um, and we got, we had some really great neighbors that really helped us through the, the downturn because okay. there's probably 20 kids in our cul-de-sac and I know we have almost half of them, but <laughs> there's another family that had six, that's two houses down. Um, and they would be outside all the time playing and hang out. So in turn, we would sit out there in our lawn chairs, drinking, hanging out, yeah. having a good time, shooting the bull. Um, that really helped. Um, did they help you connect with other people too? Yes. Yes. Okay. That, um, that and then just meeting people through different events and industries like we started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu while here we haven't always done that my my oldest son who's uh almost 14 yeah he likes football and stuff but he's not like big in like traditional a sports a team a team, yeah. team environment yeah he he likes the ninja warrior type stuff yeah brazilian jiu-jitsu he's more into that kind of stuff right that's kind of more his forte do you do brazilian jiu-jitsu i i, I do it but i'm I'm just starting out. They're for, my kids are further along. Still, that's impressive, man. Like, yeah. there's a huge wave of people doing. Was it BJJ? Right. Right. Yeah. It's essentially, it's wrestling. Yeah, right. but that's a great workout. But oh, you're yeah. seeing so many people do that. Yeah. No, I love it. It's great because like it's not like a sport where I have to sit there and commit to traveling and or the kids have to commit to traveling and going to all these tournaments. Just go do it, and it's a great thing you can do as an adult, right? It's something you can transition, like yeah. tennis or swimming. Or golf, it's a great you know. Workout, you know, I mean, you're not 40 and you can't be playing football anymore when you're done with high school or yeah. whatever. It's you can't do the same thing. And we wanted to find stuff that our kids can, can take on through adulthood and and utilize and give them skill sets. Plus, it's great for our daughters. So if some guy tries to mess with them as they yes. get bigger, they can. So wait, how out. many? So how many? How many of y'all are in? Uh, so BJJ. So I have. I have five in it right now. Five kids in it. My and oldest, you. she can't do it because she has yours, and then me. Yes. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So they they love it. Um, they're actually getting to do their first tournament this weekend, um, and just kind of see. Just that's to gauge so themselves. cool, man. Yeah, I love so, I love how like like the majority of y'all are doing it too. Like it's yeah. a good like family bonding. Oh uh, yeah, we love talking about it. My my five almost five year old. She loves saying, "Okay, Dad, land the ground. I want to try to work on this or something." You know what I mean? And she just loves it. I mean, she can't even get her arms around me because I'm so big and yeah. she's so puny. But it's just funny. She tries to. Do these things. Okay, Dad, you try to do this. And she's so tiny, I can't do what she wants me to do because her body frame doesn't work well with mine to do what she's trying to get me to do. And so, Dude, how do you allocate that time? I mean, like, look, you know, I have one daughter, you know, my wife and I get half the time. You know what I mean? Um, Because she's at her other home. Um, But how do you allocate? Like, I know it's a silly question, but it's not. How do you allocate your time with business development and honestly, like, attention to, to, to each of your children? It's it's hard, but it's hard for me just one naturally because I'm not very good at it. Um, from a standpoint, I, I love my kids. I love hanging out with them. Right. But, but sometimes it's boring doing kid stuff as mm-hmm. an adult. Right. You're like, dude, I already, really already did through this life. I know. It's I already, like, <laughs> let's go to the park. I'm like, no, like it's boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have to sit there and watch them. Dad, watch me do this, and you know they swing. You yeah, know, dad, but, but, dad, watch this. Yeah. They like turn in a circle. You're like, holy shit, that's amazing, honey. Yeah. Like, mind yeah. blowing. But. But it's it's fun because they're excited, right? Yeah. And 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 that's why I like BJJ because I get to watch them do new things and new things. But you know, like I, I mean, my five year old and four year old, they love to be like, Dad, watch this, Dad, watch this, and they'll jump on the couch. I know, you, you know what I mean. And they're like, okay, awesome, good job, you know. Yeah, you're like, why don't you impress yeah. me and like clean the house or like make your bed? Like that's <laughs> gonna blow me away. Yeah. 
and then I have other kids that are just creative and they just want to hang out and play games, you know, which is nice. I can just sit down. We could play Clue Jr. or, or go play Monopoly or something. And like I enjoy old it. school board games. Yeah, we I love it. My daughter's getting into uh, actual gaming now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's seven and uh, we're a gaming house. So like my wife will play Witcher 3. She's beaten Witcher 3 like three or four times. Holy crap. Dude, you know what awesome. I mean? Like she loves Witcher. Probably because Henry Cavell is like uh, Witcher in yeah. the Netflix series. And yeah. That's not, yeah, like, so I think that's what brought her to the game. So yeah. she's done that. She's done Skyrim. You know, my daughter, she'll yeah. do, like, her favorite thing is Sonic right now. So okay. she'll play Sonic. Yeah. You know, I'll play Halo. I'm old yeah. school like that. Oh, yeah. She's I like, Dad, you got the sword. Mm-hmm. Go go take care of it. So, like, yeah. so like, we're like a gaming family. So that's kind of what brings us together. So we like doing that. We like going to the pool and hanging out, letting them do things and wrestling and doing stuff. Tire them out. There. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, exhausting. Making them exhausted is the best thing. Do you like living in Houston? We love it. We absolutely love it. Really? Did, did you think you'd love it as much as you did when, when, you, when you moved here from Midland? Because being in Midland, I, I feel like Midland is such a uh, is such a community. You know, like it's, yeah. uh, you know, you hear you know jokes about Midland Mafia. Like, oh, if you go to Midland, you're not going to get anything done out there unless you're out there, you know, for a good amount of time. Right. So I would assume leaving that network, that, that family, that community out there coming to Houston, which is just kind of a sprawled out city it's a great city but it's just very sprawled out so you enjoyed the 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 move so we enjoy it because it's different first off one of the favorite things we enjoy is sitting on our back porch and watching the rain you have a nice back porch yeah really yeah i love a good porch oh dude porch is a huge deal for me a good porch sit a good porch sit yes especially with the rain that's a great call yes is i love it in the mornings drinking coffee Or even in the evenings, drinking a beer or something like that, drinking some whiskey. Just and you got the rain coming it. in. Oh, yeah. We absolutely love it. My wife and I love it. We also love the fact that we don't have to sit there and wipe down our table on the back porch just to wipe it down because we live in West Texas. All the, yeah. Dude, it's annoying as crap that you could have, you know, a quarter inch thick of dirt on your back porch just because you live in Midland. You know? you don't Was it to, tough for your kids to move, though? Uh, No, because my kids are outgoing. They, yeah. they enjoy meeting people. It's easy for them to go play with kids and go do that kind of thing. Um. My now six-year-old son, it was tough because we didn't have a lot of boys his age in the neighborhood for yeah. him to play with um, because his best friend was back there. And so they still talk. That to is him. tough, yeah. Yeah, but um, he's he's gotten better um, and he's met some friends he enjoys doing stuff with and hanging out. There's a kid that used to live behind us. His dad was in Oldfield. Um, and they used to sit there, literally pictures of them sitting on the fence, hanging out, doing whatever, interacting just old school stuff, you know, climbing trees, talking. Oh yeah, dude, they love you it. Do and, it these days. and they were nerdy, passing stuff back and forth, passing bug backs, bugs back and forth to each other. That's cool, though. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that type of relationship. Oh yeah, you know, and and because we live out in the suburbs, it's kind of nice. Um, the hardest part I think about Midland or Houston area is how spread out everything is, dude. Right? Like for example, like especially on the BD side, we live technically what's called Richmond, but I'm probably closer to Cinco Ranch. Yeah. Well, but if you know somebody up in the woodlands trying to go somewhere to play golf or just Dude. go hang out, it's not the same as the Midland where like everybody goes to Green Tree or everybody goes to the Midland Country Club or everybody goes here. You got, okay, well, where do you have your membership? Where do you do this? Where do you do that? You know, it's just, you got people in Sugarland, You got people in downtown area. You, you really got, can't. I mean, that's the thing though. It's like, you can go visit two people and that's like six hours right there. Yeah. I mean, if you're especially going from like my daughter, I mean, she's 45 miles away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in full shirt and also, yeah. but it's like, that's a haul. Yeah. That's a, I mean, and I only have to like pick her up every now and then, but it's like, dude, that's a, that's a, people do that every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. People drive into downtown or they go to the woodlands or something like that from that area. I mean, from all those, it's, it's, it's a grind, dude. And what's funny is it's not the mileage. It's 
it's the traffic. Oh God. That's the, that's the infrastructure. That's the problem. Cause like you can go from Midland to Odessa and that's the same thing, but you can do it faster because you don't have the infrastructure issues, you know, know. that um, they just don't overbuild ahead of plan and stuff like that. Have so. you ever, okay, let me frame this. So we're about the same age. I feel like, yeah, right. I'm 41. I'm 43. Okay. You don't look it. But anyway, <laughs> Thanks. I, I feel like we have to say that when we're getting like past 40, like, yeah. you don't look it. So anyway, but like, so we, we take care of ourselves. So we, I don't know about that, man. So anyway, uh, so we grew up in a time where, uh, you know, the great, the great movies, the great shows and all that stuff. And I feel like your household around Christmas time, I can just picture being like home alone. Have you ever left a child like, like traveling or something like that? Have you ever left a kid behind? Like, oh shit, honey, what about, where's uh, Samantha? And you go like, has that ever happened? Or is it always like, you know, where the kids are? Oh no, we're always doing a head count. We're, we're, we're What's your system? Organized. So we're, you know, like when we traveled to Boston, yeah, like we all wore like this color coordinated outfits each day. Okay. Right. Um, when we had kids assigned to other kids, like older kids were assigned to little kids and accountability buddies. Scholars, right. Um, my wife would be in the front, I'd be in the back or vice versa. You know what I mean? As we're walking through downtown Boston or something like that, you know what I mean? Just those sorts of things. Even, you know, when we travel a family, we're usually going places out in the middle of nowhere, like going to a ranch or going somewhere. We're just so it's not out. like a lot of hustle and bustle. No. If you had to leave a child home, do you think one of the ch- children, which child of yours, do you think could could create such great booby traps as the great Macaulay Culkin? Probably my six year old. Really? Yeah, but he's he's not capable of doing it yet. I was well, obviously enough, but, not yet. But, but that's he's what I was got the mindset. Like he's very engineer minded, like me. Really? And, and my oldest son. But he's a lot more creative than us. Like, like he can do art and create art, like actual art that I can't do. I'm a nerdy math guy. He's got like my nerdy math side and this artistic side too to him that's just out of this world. And he just blows my mind to what he. So he'd be able to stop the wet bandits. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what's weird? My my daughter, she's like she's kind of like a little architect, not architect, but an engineer. Like she'll like she's very into Legos and building and and figuring stuff out. I'm like, where the hell did you like get that? Like it's made like. The way her mind works, you know, it's it's the engineer style. Yeah. Like, like that's her, you know, petroleum engineer, class of 2045, whatever that is. But, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, it's cool watching, like, your kids kind of, like, take on that stuff and, like, like solve problems in those cool, unique ways. You're like, where the hell did you learn that? Like, oh, we, we have two kids that are very artsy. Neither of my wife and I are very artsy. We don't even actually enjoy art, like, like at all. Yeah. I mean, we do it because we have to. Like, we, my old... Third, second daughter, she was big in dance and ballet, and we used to do it all the time in Midland. And she's part of a big, important event there, and we would go to it. But you know, it's like, but where'd we're you like, get where, where did you get this from? Because neither one of us are creative and artsy fartsy, and and so, but she and my six year old son, they're great with it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's just really funny to see the nuances um, between your kids because they all come from the same set of yeah. genes, right? So, and the boys are probably more so than the girls. In, in, because they're more similar not that the girls um the girls are more different all all my girls are, we have five girls and four boys um, okay the baby he's still too young to really know but if the, it's a boy or girl no no just he's, i think there, there's no, ways he's too to, young to that. know who he is and like what his personality okay. is okay the older three the other three boys it's really <laughs> interesting right they're very and all three are very engineer minded um but there's slight nuances that you can see the differences between them like you're talking about like my oldest son he's very much like me he's just going to be an engineer he's going to be great he's going to he might be able to go do his own business, but more than likely not, he's probably going to be an employee. Right. My, my second son, he's very engineer-minded, but he's kind of more, you're like just really smart foreman, superintendent, that 
is going to be a great plumber. I love how you like rank him in, in like oil field level. Like, oh, he's going to be a great engineer. He's going to be a, a pumper. You know, she, <laughs> she'll be a surveyor. You know, like you, you have like a little, little company with roles in that. Yeah. Oh man, this one, uh, yeah. this be a janitor. And then that third one, he's he'll do whatever the hell he wants. What role in the a, oil field? D- freaking owner. Boss, really? Oh, dude, yeah. He's got. He he doesn't want to work. He won't work for anybody. He's gonna create his own world and he's gonna do it his way. I dig that. Yeah, oh yeah. He's way better than me about doing that kind of stuff. And you have to hold him down because, like, I'll wake up and find a kid making his own breakfast. You know. Yeah. Well, can he teach my daughter to do that? Because like, I'll <laughs> roll downstairs like, Daddy, I'm hungry. I'm like, you literally. The, the fridge is right there. Like, yeah. you know what to get. Like, it's your home. Go oh, get yeah. stuff. No, since he was like two, he used to open up the fridge and grab a chair and take it to the fridge and grab stuff out of the fridge when we were living in Midland. This that kid, helps you out. Oh, dude, it's great, but it's also a pain because then it's a mess everywhere because he doesn't clean up after himself. But it's like, but, yeah, but it still kind of helps you out the yeah. fact that he's actually like kind of like self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. An owner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great because it'll be my retirement package, hopefully. So let's go back to the relationship side of things. So you, had, when you were an operator, what was, in, okay, because you sat on that side of the desk, which I think I love talking to people that, that have the experience that have sat in both sides of the desk, the service side and the operator side. Um, what was important to you when you were actually, um, uh, when was price important to you and when, and when was relationships important to you? Price was Great obviously- Great question, JP. <laughs> Thanks, Gavin. Go on. <laughs> so price for me- is very different because I view things differently. To me, like I look at value of something, right? Because I, I'm not necessarily going to pick the most expensive guy, but I'm not necessarily going to pick the cheap guy. I'm going to find the guy that, or service provider, I shouldn't say guy, sorry. Um, I'm going to find a service provider that gets me what I need that I can trust. Right. Really, to me, is always about trust because at the end of the day, just because you saved me a thousand bucks a day, if you cause me a headache that I'm spending a thousand bucks or more somewhere else. You, you're no good yeah. to me. Yeah. You're, 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 there's no value. But at the same time, I'm not going to go spend $20,000 on something that should normally cost me ten just to spend $20,000 um, because there's no guarantee it's going to be better for me anyways. You know, you see these vendors out there that are like, you know, that do that drawing, right? Where they showed a really nice drawing of the unicorn, you know, that the customer that wants to pay the right price. Oh, right. And then they yeah. draw the goofy unicorn that's is the customer that wants it cheap. Yeah. That, that's so generic and inaccurate because I've had the great looking unicorn for cheap. I've had the crappy unicorn that paid, yeah. paid the, the premium for it. Right. And vice versa, you know? And so it just, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about who can do their job and get it done. Right. So it's about and, the person. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's about the service out in the field at the end of the day, who's getting their job done and making sure that you're not having to spend extra time on things that you shouldn't have to spend extra time on. So in, right now we're at, we're at, we are in our industry at a place where obviously uh, activities picking back up, right? Yep. We're getting all these people that haven't uh, been working for you know 18 months or something like that, get right. back into the field and all that stuff. And people and labor is a, you know, field, field personnel and shit anywhere is, yeah. is, is a very tough pool right now to find qualified, great people and all that stuff. So it's, um, it's a struggle when people are trying to, you know, there's, you know, one sentence is, you know, we got to operate, you know, in our, you know, cash, you know, flow, cash, whatever yeah. that is, we got to operate in our cash flows and all that stuff. And da, da, da. so when you get prices cheap da, da, da. and the other side of that, well, we need to find the best people. Yep. What to you would is do you find I guess to be more realistic or more important? The right people. I mean, at the end of the day, because a lot of times if you get the right people, they're gonna save you that money. 
You know what I mean? So um, you're, you'd be more comfortable paying a little bit more to get the right. Yeah. Right as long as it's the right person. Right. Yeah. You know, cause I've worked in industries and I'm not perfect. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. We but all have. I've, I've worked with people that are just a pain because the company I've worked for wanted to have a cheap person out in the field. Uh, but you know, um, I've had a consultant when I first broke out in drilling engineering, like we paid, you know, he's one of the top paid hands, yeah. but honestly, I probably had to babysit him a lot. And it was a pain because I was a worm at the time, brand new. Yeah. I really didn't know a lot what I was doing. But literally anytime he was on his two-week rotation. It was just constant for you. It was constant hell. Um, and so it's it's good people, you know, because people just need to do their jobs. You know, what's funny is like everyone wants to be an adult, but then you have to babysit adults. Yeah. Like I have to babysit my kids at home. Yeah. You That's know, a pain we, in the ass. Yeah. And it's, and it's like frustrating. And um, you're like... Why, I shouldn't have to do this. Yeah. Why, why am I telling you to do this? Like, yes. you should know this. You've been right. you've been here longer than me. And and then same for me, right? I need to be responsible for myself and make sure I do my job because so my boss doesn't have to babysit yeah. me, right? And and so it's just it's just what it boils down to just take care of your business. You know, um, that's that was the biggest thing for me, and and that's I think helped me be able to do some things when I started with Black Buck and got to do was. I got to pick the people I wanted to make sure it was done right. Not to say we didn't have any hiccups or issues with the project, but it I, I got to pick the guys I could trust. You know, it wasn't like I got stuck with whoever the company already had MSAs right. with. Yeah. And whatever. It's like that's you know, big, I, man. You build your team, right? Some of these great operators and great service companies that start out are guys that learn from mistakes of being stuck with vendors and customers and whatever else you didn't want to have to deal with. Now when you get pick your own business, pick your own customers, pick the people you want on your team, you know, hopefully, you know, you pick the right guys, right? And right. The right people and you create the team you want. So from that team at Black Buck, do you have any achievement that you want to kind of showcase here right now? Uh, because of the team, because of the people and you. So Black Buck, because of the leadership we had there, I mean, leadership was huge. Yeah. They're, they're younger than me, but they're really brilliant guys. And they understood the value in working in the space that made sense for you. Um, we were able to drill the largest commercial disposal in North America. And is that a record that's still um, that's still out there? Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping someone breaks it eventually, you know, because um, records are meant to be broken. Yeah. I, I mean, what is it? Shell drilled that U-shaped uh, horizontal well. Out there in the Permian, you got, was it SM or Simrex? I can't remember which one drilled the four-mile lateral. Yeah. I think it's SM. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, I remember when two mile laterals were the record. Right now, it's someone drilled a four mile. So, how long ago did you? Uh, how long? How long has that record been? Um, we finished that project May of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But you know, with the environment, the way it's going, you know, it may not be broken. But at the same time, I would kind of like to see someone break it. Just yeah. Because that's what it's meant to be, and but a record doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's is, not something that you're. Yeah. It's not something you're like. Oh, damn it! They broke it. It's like yeah. good for them. Yeah. No, I'm excited because you and you hope it's somebody good that breaks it. Yeah. Right? Not some random yeah. person. You hope it's somebody good that that it matters to them, and not just because they broke the record because they did the well correctly. They didn't just half ass it essentially, you know. And and they take care of it because you want to leave a legacy for this industry at yeah. the end of the day. You know what I mean? And so, um, the reason why we were able to do this is because. Leadership I worked with allowed me to try technology and different things that wasn't standard for SWDs at so the time. So they trusted you at the time. Yes. Yeah. 
And that's big too right now. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, the market we're in, I think there's a lot of uh, companies that, not, I don't want to say micromanage, but it's they, they're not trusting their employees to their full potential. I mean, you hire these people for a reason. Um, if you're, if you know, if your company's about the people, like you say it is, yep. uh, then let it, then, then trust your employees a little bit more to kind of let them do their thing, you know, let them, let them achieve, you know, these great results, let them, let them throw out new ideas out there or yep. different, uh, you know, unconventional ideas out there and see if it works. You know, I mean, yeah. The, the hard part about that is, is also, so you got, and it's not just our industry, every industry is like this and human nature is like this. You have this risk adversity. Right. And the problem with allowing people to be creative is, is while yes, you get successes like we have with this well, you, you also get a lot of heartache because of it. Right. And everyone's always trying to mitigate risks, mitigate failures, yeah. mitigate downtime, mitigate this. And so unfortunately, when you get big enough or you become a certain size company, the best way to do it is through essentially a cookie cutter process. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, your shareholders are going to get angry when you're spending money that it got wasted because you screwed up because you tried to think outside the box. So how do you, I guess, how do you, how do you think outside the box and actually do that these days? It's a risk, you know, I mean, you gotta be willing to accept risks associated with whatever it is you do. Right. You know, companies, you know, you, you hear engineers talk about, I wish we were able to, um, cherry pick designs for each well on a pad. Well, but that means you if you may do need, that, then it just kind of opens the door for failure. Well, not just opens the door for failure necessarily, but the problem is, is like you lose efficiencies too, right? Let's think about it. Our industry works really well because we're able to all run the same casing design. Because I've worked in the industry when you're not running standard size stuff out there in the Permian, and it's a pain to go find services for it and increases your project lead time or your or ability to replace something if it breaks and and then you're down longer and you've got more downtime or you have to pay a premium for it because of the fact that it's not standard in the permit. Right. It's standard in the Eagle firm. Yeah. You got to, and you know, well, yeah, it's great. You got to redo your design on this one well, but because you did that, you had to run a different casing program for that well versus what you standard would run. Well, this guy doesn't have the tools to run that in the hole properly. So you got to bring something else. You got to bring something there, in yeah. or the rig's not designed for it. And that's the things these guys don't think about is like, well, we want to be creative. Well, yeah, it's creative, but you got to deal with the headaches being creative. The headaches of not having standard issued equipment or personnel or people trained to do those kind of things. And they, they all create their own headaches as well. I guess I was, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you think about the, uh, the operation side of the yeah. thing, but I was thinking more about the, uh, the whole, uh, you know, talking about, you know, um, you know, online or, you know, digital uh, branding and stuff right. like that. But I, 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 I can see what you're saying when it comes to the uh, actually performing operations, you know, yeah. drilling a well or completing a well, you probably need a set thing like this works. Yeah. This is the most cost efficient. Yeah. This is what we can do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to keep your costs down so you can keep your business running. Well, the best way to do is always run five and a half in this section of the yeah. hole. Right. I mean, cause then you, you can, bulk order something and you get a better pricing for it or better lead times and you can plan, you know, whereas if you're trying to run five and a half here, six inch here, 12 inch here, hell, you, you're spending all day trying to figure out what you want to do. Do you think you ever go back to the operator side? Obviously you can't say never or yes or whatever like that, but do you, I mean, do you, do you enjoy the operator uh, side of things? Oh, I love it. I love operations. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy being in sales right now too. Um, Cause Brian and LD, the greens did allow me to kind of be who I am and, and kind of be creative with how I do this and handle it. And it's really helped. And 
I've brought in um, a couple large MSA since being here for six months, which is that is huge yeah. this yeah. this day and age. Yeah, and um, and I'm not even a, like the other sales guy. I'm 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 me, and I've been able to bring some people in that they haven't been able to bring in before because they've allowed me to spiel and talk and do what I do. And it's not always the sexiest, but I think the guys on the side like me being honest with them. Are you enjoy? Are you, so you're enjoying it. You're enjoying this. Um, I, I like the successes, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating sometimes uh -huh. when you have to go grovel to somebody if it's not your fault and you got to create, because that, that's the hard part. You're as a salesperson, as a business development person, you're the face. So you got to take responsibility. Yeah, you got to take the heat if things yeah. go bad. You know, you got to take that responsibility and which is great for me to learn and be better about doing is just taking the heat for things that may not be my fault. Right. And it may not necessarily be someone else's fault. It just, it is. It's just, it is. It, it shit happens in yeah. the industry. Crap happens. Um, and, and it may be someone else's fault, but you still got to learn. And that's honestly, it's just a good trait for me if, cause I want to be a leader. We're not, yeah. not necessarily have to be a leader in the sense that I own my own company, but I want to be a leader, set the example and being a leader, you, you need to kind of be that guy or person that's willing to take that heat. For a little people. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's a great thing because that's something I'm trying to teach my kids that look at the end of the day, you want to be a leader, not a follower. And, and being a leader, you got to. The huge part of that is accountability yeah. too. Yeah. You know, like if you, if it's something's messed over, you just got to take it, you know? Just, oh yeah. Yeah. The exactly. worst, I, I can't stand when people blame. You um, know what I mean? I just can't stand the blame mentality. No, it, it doesn't do anything. I used to do that when I was younger. I was really bad about pointing fingers. Um, I grew up in a just a really weird environment and I would always point at my brothers or yeah. somebody else it's always someone else's fault and it may have been but it, it i learned real fast that's not the way to do it and i wanted to be different and did um, you have a big family growing up no i'm the oldest of three. Oh, really okay yeah my okay. wife's the oldest of three so we got crazy with okay. the big kid thing so but yeah so no i think that's what i'm trying to teach my yeah. daughter it's like hey look it's okay to mess up i'm more human I, yeah. I i mess up you know all the time right like, you just gotta but when you do you gotta take the right you know you gotta follow up with that yep. you know um you got to, you know, look someone in the eye and say, sorry, or like, Hey, look, I didn't. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think accountability is everything. And I think it's lacking Yeah, with a lot of people. Well, everybody wants to have their pie, right? And yeah. Too, essentially. And so, but I get it. It's, I mean, we've not been a great society of helping people be okay with accepting failure, but at the same time we want them to accept failure. And so I don't know. We'll see. I think we're getting better at it. So, what are you getting into? Uh, what's an average weekend for the uh, for the Burns family? Um, average weekend for us is probably doing honeydews around the house, um, hanging out, um, maybe going um, different things. My kids love going to museums, going to the pool, okay. hanging out, um, uh, doing our own kind of fixer upper type stuff. So it's just I. pretty much hanging out as a family, yeah. just kind of uh, just just decompressing a little bit. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes it's traveling. Like my wife still has family in Midland, so we'll go visit family in Midland or she has a brother and sister-in-law that live here in town. We'll go to their house okay. and hang out and go hang out in their pool, cook out, do something like that. Have friends over, um, with their kids, hang out. Cause we got a pretty good sized backyard. It's a nice thing about the suburbs here. Some of them. Yes. Dude, we like got the best of both worlds. Cause one of the benefits about moving where we lived is like your money goes further than it does in Midland. Okay, oh, but, but living in Midland's almost like living inside um, six ten and like West U ITL and, and, uh, in the loop. Yeah, is it really? Yeah, is that it, pricey? Yeah, it's like it's like West U type Damn. prices and stuff like that. Like we, whoa, yeah, like the house we live in here, like you probably easily pay three to four hundred thousand dollars more for the house just because it's in Midland. You know? Holy shit. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. That's crazy. Oh yeah, because everyone's 
thinks everybody's rich out there, you know? Yeah. Um, and so everybody's got to make their money. And so, um, but we have a great, huge backyard for the kids to run around. The kids would come over and they'll be playing football in the backyard Just or soccer. them out. Wear them out, you know. Um, they, we live at the end of a cul-de-sac too, which is great. Um, and so the kids can run around out it's there. Great, play. great environment. Oh, yeah. What's um, been some of your biggest, I guess, kind of jumping into BD, uh, coming to Houston, new city. What's been come some of your, I guess, one of the biggest um, unknowns or that, uh, or shocks or something like that that you got hit with when, I guess, trying to uh, establish relationships or do pretty much do sales in Houston? Um, the amount of time it takes to get places and just planning my day appropriately. Yeah. Um, because there's still some people that don't want to meet. Um, yeah, you true. know what I mean? And so, um, just being able to get that time with people and, and it's not just that because of COVID or anything, but they're they just, just, they just don't want to meet. Yeah. They're yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's been the hard part and, and they have families and they have lives too. And, um, the hardest part is like, I'm going to waste half my day going all the way over here for one meeting. Isn't that crazy? I and, feel like it'd be so much more efficient, like, and, but it's a good meeting. It's important because I'm meeting someone that might be able to help connect me with someone someday or, or I might need a new role someday and they may be the person to give it to me. I mean, or I might be able to give them a role, you know what I mean? Be able to help somebody out. Dude, that's so, the thing, man. I completely agree with that. There's uh, far too many times people establish relationships with people because they think they can help them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get with a, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Kevin because he can help me with this and all stuff. Right. But, you know, then they ignore everyone else in the circle. Yep. Um, you know, I would host dinners. I'd invite all these people that, you know, didn't have work. Yep. You know, they lost their jobs and all that stuff. But it's like, man, like, you never know who you're going to meet here that could help you. Like, yep. you, you just never know. So it's always one of those things. I'm just one of those things also, I'm, you know, showing my daughters, like, always just be kind to people, talk to people, and be, be nice. Like, you need to do that um, because it's important. You know, one of the things we talk about is always just being open to what's going on around you. Um, just being prepared because yes, it's great if you get help, but at the same time, it's even better if you get to help someone else, yeah. right? Yeah. Provide the help connect somebody with somebody because they're needing a job or especially right now, right? With people needing jobs, that's a big thing we, we seem to talk about, but heck, even if it's just someone needing a, a service or a vendor and they don't know who to talk to, yeah, you know, finding someone good that they can trust, um, whether it's to work on their house or for the oil field or for. And I found, I found my biggest uh, bang, you know, um, for the buck and relationships and all that stuff is other salespeople. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and don't just, you know, but obviously make friends with them to be friends and all that stuff, but like, you never know if someone, hey, Kevin, I need a, you know, a wellhead. Well, hey, call, you know, call my buddy, you know, Matt yeah. Harp, you know, Harbison, whatever that yeah. is. But it's like those relationships, I mean, you're not in front of the customer, but you might be in someone's mind who's in front of the customer. Yeah. Well, I helped a buddy the other day. Um, and I'm going to toot my own horn there. Toot it. Um, like he is needing help with some kill fluid, but he's a wellhead guy. Yeah. A customer. And I gave him like three different people I know because I've been an end user of people that've used that kind of stuff. So I said, here, call these three guys. Still one of them will take care of you. you See, that's I mean? huge. That's I mean I that's huge though. Right. Yeah. You know, it helped their customer out, which helps them out. And hopefully, you know, it might come back to you, it, it might back, not. Yeah. You know, and if not, so what? I was able to help someone out and someone got the work they needed. And did I get anything out of it? No, but who cares? Someone yeah. got taken care of. And that's, um, I think the feeling alone probably feels pretty good. Oh, yeah, because here, here's my biggest deal at the end of the day for just our industry, because this is the industry we're in, but all industries should be like this. We're only as good as our weakest link at the end of the day in our industry, right? And so I never understood the tight hole thing. I get that there's some things that are proprietary yes, and whatnot, yes. but I don't understand it because at the end of the day, 
we're going to look as bad as the worst person in our industry. You're right. And if we don't help people get better, then all they're going to, all the outside world is going to see is the that crappy, one, that one the crappy weakest, person. Yeah, that's because a good point. they're not willing to learn, or they, because we kept information from them because they're not able to get better. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, how, how tight holes a lot of what we're doing out here because a lot of the industry standards, a lot of these engineers were trained the same way. It doesn't matter when to OU, UT whatever i mean all it's these like guys all, uh, all operators it's the same playbook uh, yeah a lot of playbooks are the same anyways and you're like oh well we don't want anybody to know how we save 200 dollars a well compared to them dude that's you, a great point we need to be to a point where we're making sure our weakest link is something to be proud of at the end of the day yeah because if we're not then we're still gonna get a bad rap you know I, tops we can't service everybody across the u.s so if there's somebody I can't help, hey, here's five other compressor companies that might be able to help you in this that area. That you know. That I know. And I give them actual people's names. Yeah. Because like, look, at the end of the day, if someone needs it and we need to get a VRU out there or something, get somebody going, then let's do it. Yeah. Don't don't screw around. Oh, sorry about you. See you later. Bye. And then next thing you know, our flare numbers are still up or something and people are still hacking on us about it. Let's 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 make ourselves better. Let's make help each other out and improve this industry. Cause that's that's the only way we're gonna improve our name out there is making each other better. I'm going to wrap it with that, man. I think that was a perfect way to, to do you want to bring something up that I'm, that I'm leaving out? No, man. So everyone, this is again, Kevin Burns, the business development. Yeah, man. Uh, business development at tops. Business development at tops. I mean, check yeah. them out on uh, LinkedIn if you haven't already and connect with them and just kind of get to know them. I mean, I'm sure you know, talking about helping people, I'm yeah. sure we can help them and just kind of connect with them and just kind of just Pull his ear, have a bourbon with him, um, and just kind Definitely. of, you know, shoot the bull with him, just kind of get to know him a little bit and welcome him here. And I, I love the fact that you're saying, you know, that whole like old school tight hole mentality about, oh, this other, you're right. I think I never thought about it that way, that we do need to share. We do need to kind of be open uh, with people because just as you said, we're only as strong as our weakest link as an industry. Yeah. I dig that, man. I yeah. really do. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone, to uh, to Energy Crew. And uh, Kevin, thanks for your time, man. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed this. This is a lot of fun. Um, this is a really great way to meet. And you and I have talked, like we said, on LinkedIn. But now we actually I know. To, now we actually get to sit across and uh, yeah. shoot, shoot the bull a little bit. So, everyone, thanks for uh, tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.